Welcome back to Honor the Space Oddity Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Desius Dad Robinson, and it's another solo cast with me, the host, the captain, if you will, of this un- this starship. What is the agenda on today's episode? Well, um, I've shot out some, uh, well, on Twitter and Instagram. What, what was it, Instagram? Instagram, Discord, everywhere um, that I have a social media, or the Space Idea Collective had uh, social media. I ask you, the audience, to give me questions to answer. So far, only two. Just a little bias. So far, only two. That's fine. I'm fine. But, um, holy crap. But the amount of questions, the, it's, it's the type of questions that I got. It's going to be very interesting. So it's going to be a little bit artist-focused when we get towards the end of the episode. But at the start of this episode, holy crap. PlayStation did a conference earlier um, of last week. Um, it's to say what they put where they, what they put it out is real good. It, it, it makes me want to get a PS5. But we get to that soon. Matrix Resurrections finally has a trailer. Um, talk a little bit about that today on the solo cast. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking about art, so we kind of in a way a one-on-one artist talk, but with me, um, it's going to be very interesting in the terms of questions. Like I said, once again, when we get to it, when we get to it. Um, also, by the way, thank you for um, listening to these um, to these episodes of this podcast. I know um, not all of us can, all four of us can be together at all times. Life happens. And also, sounds happen. So, little mini um, life updates. Um, the podcast now can do sound bites. I'm serious. If you haven't been listening to, if you didn't listen to our episode, I want to say like a couple of weeks ago, we started doing sound bites. And I'm in love because I made my own soundboard. Um, here's one right now. <laughs> am I going to use it throughout this episode? Well, never know. <laughs> but I am going to make use of this. Especially this one. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. When you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna over I'm not gonna overuse it like Christian has. <laughs> oh me. But as well. Um, but yeah, let's get to the first topic. Matrix. <clears throat> God damn. That trailer looks fucking good. Uh, Matrix Resurrections, or Matrix 4 to some people, will be out this December on the 22nd. Very close to Christmas on in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, I would definitely go and see it in theaters, but I don't trust... The people, I mean, look what's going on. Now, I'm not gonna get too political, but um, got what's going on in Texas, um, the natural disasters that happened all on the east coast, um, and I think it's hitting the Midwest as well. So, if you're in the east coast and the Midwest, um, be safe. Um, I, I definitely have some friends out there, so definitely be safe. Um, hell, we still got fires going on out here in, in California. Um, also end up through I'm hearing Lake Tahoe is fine um, it's okay, some, some residents can be able to go back home 
but yeah, the world's dead. And I think the Matrix trailer, <laughs> some people like, I will take the blue pill. I will take the blue pill. I will take the red pill. Just let me um, live in Zion so I can have that Matrix 2 rent, um, rave. That very, very... Matrix 2 was a thing. Reloaded was a thing. I'm, I'm not going to go in detail. I don't have Bonita here to ring me in, so... Um... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna get tired of it, but y'all probably would. <laughs> um, no, seriously, Reloaded was wow. It was a movie. Um, if you haven't seen, I feel like I'm like one of the few millions of people in the world who owns the trilogy collection. While there's some people who feel like Matrix that came out in '99, I think. 99-2000 um, that shouldn't have been the definitive movie one and done um, I'm one of the few who defends 2 and 3 like I get um, 2 it's like they came out too early in their time because I think if I remember correctly Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions came out in 04 around 2004 so I was around 18 and everything that they were talking about at the time is what they're talking about now in terms of um, investment of technology um, humans how, how we're acting against one another um, world famine like strict um, restrictive rules um, how we're more in depth more attached to our technology in a way like right now on my computer and I'm on my phone all at the same time so it's it was definitely ahead of its time and I can see why I feel Matrix I think Reloaded and Revolutions special effects fighting wise even the first Matrix can fit in today's society to like give another perspective um, and I know there's some hidden messages for people in there good ones and, and allegories not like god and everything but other um allegories that's in there that um some people can um attach to especially um and alana wakowski is a trans uh, at this one point she's a woman not a trans woman she's just a woman and i need to go back because a friend of mine was saying there is subtle hints on people who are transitioning and those hints are in there and I was like, okay, I'm gonna need to rewatch it. Um, but seeing the trailer, a good four-minute trailer. I'm glad they. I hate these new trailers when they call it it's a teaser trailer. No, it's a, if it's over four minutes, it's a trailer. Okay, <laughs> it's a trailer. Um, teaser trailer, Eternals. We didn't know jack shit about that movie until. The final, technically the final trailer, the story trailer came out. Which we now have an actual plot of the movie. So, that's a trailer trailer. The other one, whatever. But, here it looks like, now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing tangents. God damn it, I'm on my own, I'm still doing tangents. From when I'm reading in articles, and from the Reddit deep threads that I'm in, 
Some people said this is the seventh recycle of the Matrix and Neo is still attached to it. Like, at the end of um, Revolutions, the machines kept his body. While there are some out here saying Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is a younger Morpheus. I'm like, what? what the hell is going on? And I'm hearing that Matrix Online is canon and Morpheus died in that. So in full context in terms of that one. I never play Matrix Online. So that one is new to me. Hearing Amorphius dying in that game. This will give a reason why Lawrence Fishburne is not in the movie. And why Black Manta is now the new... If he is Morpheus. Because I, I hate when articles comes out and they say, Oh, this person is this character. I don't think he's Morpheus. And I, I will... This is like one of the few times I only want to watch the trailer once. And then wait till the movie comes out. Like, I'm good to binging this trailer until December. It's only three months from now. Two months. Technically two months. Because we're in September. I'll say technically two months. But, um, seeing Neo or Keanu Reeves at this place, if you've never seen Matrix, definitely watch it. Just stop listening to this episode. Go watch it, and then come back to see if anything I says is relevant to you. <laughs> Alright, that's all I'm going to say. Um, it seems like um, Neo is aware of the Matrix, but his memories is being suppressed. And like he took the blade. To me, it's like an alternate universe type of thing. Like He took the blue pill, and he just seen like glimpses of what his future could be. And then he gets to Trinity, which is Karen, who's... Uh, by, uh, who's played by actress Carrie Ann Moss? Oh my God! Just oof. like I said, Matrix Reloaded. Um, it was definitely I was 18, 17 going on 18 at the time. Whew. And she announced the Carrie Ann Moss voices. Oh my God! <laughs> Damn it, Arya, Arya Talok. In made in uh, Mass Effect two and three, um, she has a more prominent role in, in Mass Effect three, but she's in Mass Effect two and three. Um, badass, uh, sorry, um, definitely go play that game. Just definitely go play if you want more. Um, help Disturbia has Carrie Ann Moss, um, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones has Carrie Ann Moss. Um, oh my God. There was one Christopher Nolan movie. Memento. I think this was an earlier Carrie Ann Moss movie. I think this predates Matrix or Memento. But the thing is, though, Hollywood has this thing when a woman turns over 35, they want to stick um, or, like, held close to their 40s in another, like, parental role. As to just, like, some actresses tend to, like, bypass that you have... Scarlett Johansson playing Black Widow because she's over there. You have Zoe Saldana. It's just Hollywood is shit in terms towards towards women. I'm just I'm just gonna say that. Hell, us men are shit. There we go. Um, but you see that connection between Neo and Trinity, whatever's going on. Because spoiler alert, once again. Stop listening to this episode. If you haven't seen the trilogy, Matrix trilogy, watch them. Watch 
the Resurrections trailer and then come back here. Just come back here to this point at 12 minutes of this episode and you hear this point. Alright. So at the end of Revolutions, I'm going towards the end of Revolutions, Nails of the Matrix fighting Agent Smith who at the end of Reloaded found a way to come into the real world via um, a human body through the Matrix. Um... While Trinity is like making sure the machines follow her and standing out of Zion while Neo is doing his thing. And when they crash, she got impaled by a bunch of rods and she died. Essentially at the um at the end. She was um saved and reloaded just to die again and revolutions. I'm like, that's that fucking sucks. And then at the end, Neo dies. Like, so hence why you'll see a lot of articles out going like, what the fuck is going on? Are we, he died at the end of the movie. Um, now you have conspiracy theorists, Matrix conspiracy theorists, um, pulling from video games, um, pulling from, hell, the source material, which would be the three trilogies, um, to make sense of what's going on in this trailer. Um... Hell, even me, like I said, at the top of this episode, I went through a Reddit deep dive to figure the fuck out what's going on. And I'm going to do a Matrix Marathon starting October to be ready for Revolutions. Once a month, I'm going to do a um, Matrix rewatch. Once a month, I'm trying to temper my expectations. Temper, not expectations, just temper myself because I like to binge when it comes to movies. Like, I binge to watch all three Fair Street movies. Like, I waited till all of them were out and I binged them. So... If, like, uh, watch these movies. They're really, really good. Um, hell, for Reloaded alone, the freeway chasing. And also another thing that people are overlooking, Jada Pickett Smith is coming back to Resurrect, to Matrix. So this is, this is going to be... First of all, nobody would ask for Matrix 4. Just right off the bat. Nobody would ask for it. The studio was trying to do a new version of the Matrix movie. Um, apparently, Lana Wachowski did not like what they was trying to do, so she took over, which is a good thing. You got someone who originally did it to take um, to take it over um, and write it. But this, um, I think, this is like one of the few times that I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> in terms of a movie, like the second, this would be like the I'll say the second time because the first time, I don't know anything about Shang Chi, and that was a good fucking movie. Going into some, I, I feel going into a movie not knowing a damn thing about it helps. Um, so that's why I'm looking forward to the Eternals. Don't know a lot about that. Don't know a lot about um, what's going to happen in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, I did do an episode on that it, through the giant contraband robot. Um, my theories, which I talk about do one closer towards the um, release of Ghostbusters Afterlife got put which got pushed up a week earlier so a lot of movies getting pushed up and pushed back um, but the Matrix was originally supposed to be out December 17th but it got pushed to December 22nd so it looks like it's going against Spider-Man um, No Way Home but not going against Spider-Man No Way Home so at least they get a week before Spider-Man so that's going to be very interesting. I hope Matrix does well. I, I, I want all movies to do well. Like, I'm kind of sad that Black Widow and the Suicide Squad didn't do as well. 
um, this past summer. And yes, we I know we're in the pandemic, but like you you don't want like if Matrix does does not do well, we're not if depending on how it ends, we won't get a Matrix Five. Um, same goes for Dune, which I'm holy crap, Dilly Villeneuve, and I don't think Roger Deakins is on the um, is the cinematographer for this, but that movie looks fucking gorgeous for a science fiction action movie, and I am anticipating that as well. I hope that does well because I want a sequel like Dilly Denny Villeneuve, because holy crap, that movie looks. Like I said, we got sound bites. That's one of the many updates on this podcast. Um, and damn it, I forgot Bruh. to. I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I forgot to do the random world because I just went right into the matrix. We, um, if you have not been listening to us for the last four episodes, like I have, you know, tweet at me, Desi is dead, and let us know why. But besides that, we are now on podcasting services around the globe. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible.com. We're still on Spotify. We're still on SoundCloud. We're still on Stitcher. We're on Google um, Podcasts. So which means all you have to do is Google search us. And then boom, top search, Space Audio Collective Podcast feed. Where you get a bevy of, po- um, of podcasts, well, podcast episodes. And current and former shows and future shows like um, the Giant Contraband um, Giant Contraband Robot past episodes all the way from the beginning to the end um, are the integrated with the Giant Contraband Robot it is Artist Talks with me and once again a bevy of, of artists um, like Lauren Lynette who just um, posed the question which we'll get to that um, soon in this episode um and Benito Labario, who is the co-host since the second iteration of the Giant Contraband Robot. I'll say second, second or third. I'm, I'm, I'm just a count. I'm just a count on all this. But also, the Nerds Against the World revival is also in the podcast feed. Um, I am proud of the those episodes, especially the artists, um, the Nerds Against the World um, revival those five episodes we may do a season two um scheduling and once again pandemic it's hard to get um corralling everyone together while some people are able to go back to work um some are still looking for work people don't have the means to keep the internet so they have to use different means to um record or just um life is still tough and that's very understandable but those five episodes we dealt with um race um homophobia um we dealt with um, mental health issues, talking about, um, in a way, we're going to talk about a little bit, and because one of the questions we need to also post is something I'm going to have to talk about as well. Um, mental health, um, our emotions, um, hell, us men talking about our mental health and not being a machismo, um, like always have to be a big Billy badass type of dude, which is like, you're not a punk to talk about your feelings. So we did do five, and we did talk about race. So those five episodes, um, 
something I'm, I'm definitely proud of. And if people, and we, we, we have the ones where I sound like a complete ass. So those are there too. <laughs> um, and then we have the artist talks. Um, shows where I did five, ep- five four seasons, I was about to say five, four seasons with um, a bunch of different artists, um, majority from the university that I attended, or just um, friends um, that graduated and see where they are and how they're doing. So it's not only, it's a good way for not only for you, the listeners, to know more about that artist and hopefully follow them so you can see their amazing work, but also it helps me to be um, to be a better artist and to uh, approach my work in a different viewpoint than I have been. Um, sometimes those episodes just become like, "How you doing? How you been? How are you feeling?" I'm listening. A little bit of phrase right there for you. I need to find a soundbite for that. I really do. I really do. But. Next up, I, 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 oh, 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 no, I forgot what the fuck I was going to tell, I know, oh, ah, <laughs> oh, man, doing this solo episode is kind of hard, because I'm by myself, and I don't like hearing myself talking, I can't hear myself talk while I'm talking, oof, just, oof, anyway, um, the PlayStation um, conference, uh, press conference. It was never really a press conference on the level E3 or uh, what happened to, um, a couple of weeks ago with Gamescom and what Xbox did during the summer. Um, but it was very substantial about games we're going to be seeing in the next three years. Um, like, holy fucking shit. Um, the standout so far um, God of War Ragnarok. Look, I. I have not played. I have a lot of people telling me I should play God of War, the newer ones. So, one day, just not today. One day. Um, but Ragnarok looks very well. Um, there's a lot of racist assholes complaining about a young black girl playing a frost giant. Like, get over yourselves, assholes. Um, but the Technically, the two standouts so far, and a lot of people are talking about it, Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac Games and Wolverine. There has not been a Wolverine game since 2009, and technically there has not been an X-Men game since that time as well. Because in that time span, um, Fox held those rights to the X-Men, to um, pretty much the movie rights to the X-Men, while... If I remember correctly, Marvel had the TV, gaming, comic book, and video game um, rights to the X-Men. So pretty much all the merchandise. And so they can dictate the action figures while Fox would be like, all right, use the movies for action figures. Hence why it was a very long time since you've seen, at the time it was like a good long while, you barely see the X-Men like have like a resurgence like they do now in the comic books. Um, thanks to Jonathan Hickman, who actually left Marvel to do his own thing. Holy crap. Um, but Jonathan Hickman revived the X-Men. Um, they're doing very well in turn comic book-wise. Disney bought Fox, so Marvel Studios got the X-Men back, so we'll be seeing something from that soon. But coming from, from that fruition, though, um, it's rumored that Wolverine is going to be... well. 
it was rumored for a while that um, on the Xbox side of things, Wolverine was going to be on the Marvel's Avengers game, but that's turned out to be untrue. Um, but um, the X-Men did appear in Marvel Ultimate, um, Ultimate Alliance 3. So that was the first time in a long time the X-Men been featured in any um, in any video games. And that came out back in 2019. Um, before Wolverine as a standalone character in his own video game has been since 2009. So it's the fact that it's being made by the same studio that made Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales. You know you're going to get a good product. Because they know these characters like Miles and Peter Parker now... Wolverine, which means they're going to approach Wolverine with um, with a good story because um, you're not expecting you, when when it comes to video games I know people are not expecting to get a good story just good gameplay um, and if you're an artist you're not expecting to equate art to a story uh, for a video game you just web swinging around New York City or in, Spart- in Miles Morales case Brooklyn um, but based off of Spider-Man alone, Peter Parker, I'm going to keep differentiating Peter Parker to Miles. Um, Peter Parker, it's, the story is all about his game. It's all about trusting and, and like forgiveness and then trying to move on with um, his life and then learning how to ask for help as well and oh man just a sad ending that just go on YouTube just um, type in people re- people react to the ending of Spider- Marvel's Spider-Man the amount of people crying minus me I wasn't crying I was emotional but I wasn't crying Believe me or not, I was emotional but not crying. Um, and then Miles Morales, um, um, his story continues on from uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Um, you learn more about his father, his abuela, his mom, his, um, him worrying more about his mother, um, not wanting to lose her like he lost his father, um, his close relationships, and then big twist in terms of those relationships, him reconnecting with his uncle. Um, the music and then Miles um, Afro Afro Latin I was like Afro Cuban I think I think he's I don't I honestly don't remember if Miles is Cuban Dominican or Puerto Rican half I mean well, his, his, his father's black but still um, damn. I need, I need to brush up. It's been a long time since I read a comic book. It's been a long time since I read a comic book. But those games approach the story first, character first, gameplay. Gameplay is there. It's just that was, I felt like they, they focused more on the story and to help you be attached to these characters. Um, so I expect, and knowing that the team who worked on Miles Morales is doing Wolverine, where I feel we're going to get that. We're going to get um, character nuances from Logan um, or James Howlett, depending on what name they're going to use his for his real name. So that's going to be very interesting. I expect the gameplay to be quite devastating. And I want to see Wolverine hack people. Wolverine has claws. 
I don't want to be going against robots. I want him to see him. St I know this is violent, but I want to see him stab people. Stab, stab. I mean, come on. He was Wolverine. He got claws. For a reason. Like, come on. Give me that. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's the only standouts. Oh, and um, and Spider-Man 2. Oh, shit. Almost carried, moved over past this poor part. Tony Todd. Candyman himself is voicing Venom. That is perfect fucking casting. If you've seen Candyman, not the new one. I haven't seen it yet. I've been told I should wait for it to become free to watch and not on VOD where I have to pay the rent. That's that means it's not like sucks that some people feel it's it's okay. Not good, not great, but okay. But like okay. But um yeah. Tony Todd Voice and Venom. Let's fucking go. I can't wait. Those and for me that was the only thing that um that was actually good that came out of the um that press conference. Um there's there's it mainly showed games um for all ages. Um it was um one game um a young girl oh Forsaken. Um a teen I would say a teenager. You you can't tell these black video games like today. I was like a teenager transported to another world. I know some people don't like the disconnect that she's wearing skinny jeans, bands, and a flannel shirt fighting a dragon. You being sucked into another world. You're not gonna instantly change clothes and be like you 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 have to keep you gotta keep on moving. Just gotta keep on moving. Like, come on. That game looks great. It just shows that I need a PS5 and an Xbox. I, I I know I should be focusing on art, but I mean, we've got Mass Effect 4 coming out, Dragon Age 4 coming out. I need me an Xbox just for those. For PlayStation, I'm gonna need me a PlayStation just for Spider-Man and Wolverine alone. Because there's nothing on the fucking PlayStation that's making me want to buy it now besides those two games. Um, well, it goes to Tsushima. Tsushima. Uh, I hope I'm saying it right. And if I'm wrong, once again, Dizzy is dead. On Twitter. Don't follow me on Instagram. Well, follow me on Instagram. Don't direct message me. Because I'm not going to answer you. I might block you if you direct, try to message me there. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm, that's how I am. If you ain't my friend who I talk to in person, don't direct message me. That's all I'm saying. Just don't don't holler at me. <laughs> uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, they came out in 2020. They just recently got a director's cut of it with added DLC, added armors. Um, pretty much a, a big update for those who's on the PS5. Um, but also there, it, the update is also can be is on there as well for PlayStation 4 users like myself. Um, holy crap! That game still looks fucking beautiful. Story is just as great. Um, I talked about this before. It, I like the approach, the artist approach with these newer video games in terms of storytelling, um, how you interact with the environment, how the environment looks, including photo mode. You got a lot of people being cr creative, for once, <laughs> with them the approach to photos and just a lot given to the players to create essentially art in video games 
and I like the fact that we've been in in this time where not a lot of creativity is being used and you um, game video game developers are finding ways to help gamers be more creative besides like anything I feel this would be a good transition anything could be art and just the attention behind it I feel is is and this sounds convoluted but in my head it makes sense nah but like cyberpunk I like the story but is the it was the execution in terms of the world this is for an example the world is very over sexualized while our world is very repressant in terms of sex but we accepting of violence that uh, while cyberpunk they're suppressing on terms of violence but accepting in terms of sex um like recently um it was brought to my attention the for an example of our times um in, in terms of the video to the exception of the video game um sasha gray former adult actress was shadow banned on twitch because of her past profession she's currently a gamer a twitch streamer a host and um crap a DJ and she has nothing to do with her for her former um, career but she gets shadow banned on Twitter which is like what the fuck well, I mean not Twitter and um, twitch um, which is a gaming um, streaming site and a video game and I know it's like that's a video game and this is the real world but in the video game world you can get you you can get away with all this shit scot-free and like the real world in this video game world in some instances women are being more restricted in terms of what they can and can't do which is like what the fuck are we supposed to be this free freaking world and we're still doing this bullshit and we still once again men should not be dictating women's bodies okay and religion should have no fucking place in politics Right. If you don't gel with any of those, you can unfollow me, unfollow us, and keep it pushing. Because, <sighs> but um, but back to back to talking about uh, cyberpunk and why, um, in terms of art and how it fails. Um, there was an article where they were talking about more video game characters. If in terms of you want to create a game, a gaming character, it should be non-binary. Um, no gen like no gender specific until you actually create the character. So if you want him to be a man, he could be a man. If you want to be a woman, he could be a woman. Um, well, not in the article, but to my in my thinking, like you should have those options in the game, and then the character creator should, I feel, should equate to that. Like, don't lock a person who is non-binary to gender-specific roles in a video game, and Cyberpunk failed in that aspect. Like, there are some people who have feminine voices, but a masculine body. 
and you want to represent and, and that game show that you can represent that but then when you do that it locks you into a gender normative and it's like no that's that's not who people are that's not what a person is um a non-binary person is so it's video games need to catch up and cyberpunk was just minor story to some and everything that you see in the news with it yes there are hit, huge fucking hiccups but in terms of story approaching um one's mental health um asking for help from what i took out from the game um discovery of oneself um discovery of what we really want out of the world what we really want for ourselves and knowing what we want and not just saying what we want like knowing and then going for it and then just like holy fucking shit like i really have not really thought about that until playing cyberpunk um because that also helps drive art for me like knowing what i want to do what what i want to do and how to approach art at my art at that and then speaking of art here are some questions from listeners and we'll start with i feel the hardest one i'm just gonna get it out what if you are listening lauren lynette thank you for being a friend Dun, 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 dun. Come around and back again. See, you got me singing. <laughs> Alright, Lauren's question is Is the history and representation of the artwork more important than the work itself? The reason why this is, I feel this is hard. This is going, this is going back to art history. Um, my time in art history at Cal State Dominguez Hills. Um, Professor Professor Kirsten um, Ellsworth showed, showed us an art piece. Um, sorry, I forgot the name of said artist and art piece because I don't have that here. But this is just a memory that just um, that stuck with me. Um, looking at the art, looking at the piece, it was a, um, a floral piece. Um, all the parts of the flower broken like. Um, photorealistically and this was hand painted if I remember oil on canvas um, back in 19 I want to say 56 between the 1940s and the 1950s um, this was when this was painted and photorealistic photo I, I will try to find this um, this painting and actually, on the next episode, actually talk about it. So this will be a callback on the next episode. Sorry, once again, I'm, I'm, I do apologize for not remembering. But Professor Ellsworth broke down what men thought of the piece. They felt the work was representative of a woman's reproductive system and sex. The first thing out there in mind was sex and a woman's reproductive system. And I looked at it. I'm just trying to play like, what is the representation of the work itself, and what what it what it is. Not like I know it's a flower, but like what she's trying to convey. Um, 
so the history and representation of the artwork. So let's look at Andy Warhol. His history and then how and the representation of his work and then learning about like the num the Campbell's number um the, the Campbell's soup cans or his self portraits, um, which is all are screen printed, but not all are screen printed by him. He has I remember like seven assistants all doing those screen prints. Um, he had an art piece at MoCA like four years ago, just a whole wing for himself, and majority and at least three of the works there, if I remember correctly, were him specifically doing it but the rest were done by his assistants his interns essentially for me that was more important than the work itself because it showed it showed to me i didn't i don't feel it was the laziness of the work or the representation or the approach to it it's just the history of knowing that he had other people work on his stuff. And essentially, not forging, I wouldn't consider forging it, forging his work if he's the one at the end of the day signing the work. And that's just for Andy Warhol himself. So when we want to look at, Lauren, your pieces, I'm going to look at the representation of your work as opposed to the history of it because is it being properly represent being represented properly in itself are you being properly represented for the work that you have done because i don't want the artist or someone telling me what the intention of the artwork is I want to know more about are you being represented properly? Are we as a people being represented properly in terms of our artwork? Don't tell me what the fucking artwork is. Don't. I, I, I can make my own thoughts, forms, and paints until I'm corrected. Like, until I ask to be corrected or am corrected, because we are a society that likes to correct people. Um, I hope this is a good answer. Because holy fucking shit, you, you came off with a banger. This is, this is, I think, this would be a good topic for a podcast. Yep. Thank you, Lauren. We're going to, I'm going to table this one. Um, I did give, I did give an answer. Probably not a, a good one, but yeah, I think this is a good group, um, group topic. I need to bounce some ideas off of people because this one was wow. But once again, thank you, Lauren. Next step. Holy crap, 40 minutes. I do like hearing myself talk. Alright. We have from Benita Labario. Question one. How do you get inspired? Well, even though I do get made fun of for this, Watch Dogs 2 of recent time of recent times inspired me to approach my art um not just the style just the subject matter of and and the piggyback off um what i just recently said about representation and 
So I want to make sure if I'm properly represent, uh, representing something. So video, uh, video games like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Watch Dogs 2, The Outer Worlds, and I know if you're going to listen to this, you're going to wait, how those games equate to something that is Watch Dogs 2 that talks about what we're essentially going through today. Outer Space. Um, medieval Times. Those fantasy comic books, those are what drives me. Like Steve Ditko, his art style. Star Trek. Um, the way how it's a utilit- utilitarian society where we actually working together something to achieve for but then when you look at galaxies the, um, galaxies, universes, stars and that helps me want to paint a galaxy in a non in an abstract way as opposed to have a prop like in Mass Effect, you see these galaxies and these nebulas, they're represented with a a form and a figure, but if I approach what they did in an abstract way, which is a callback, yeah, call, well it essentially is a callback to what they have done. That is me giving praise to that. So for me it is video games, movies, um, comic books. Um, I've been very picky, picky and choosy in terms of video games, comic books. Um, it helps me get inspired. Even people like Kimena Sarno um, helped me approach my art in a different way in terms of um, article reading articles on disability, um, how the government treats people with disability differently, health, society, how um, especially if you're an artist and with, you're disabled. Um, a professor at LA City College um, essentially showed and a, um, and another professor added on to that at my time at Dominguez Hills how our art can be stolen and we are not, and the government laws don't cover art at whatsoever so if you paint sketch sculpt, build, that is not covered whatsoever. Someone can take your shit, change it to fit their narrative, plagiarize essentially, and post it. So that also inspires me to talk about plagiarism in terms of art and and also being open and talk about my emotions and how to equate that to a painting as well. So hopefully that helps answer it. Now I get inspired, right? Oh, well to create something. I'm just gonna say create something. Um question two How has your art changed and grown over the years? Okay. Actually I think that should have been question one. So one, I started making pipe cleaner superheroes, which I still technically do. Um, then that in turns me sketching out what I wanted, what I wanted to build. Then that in turns um, me tracing. At times I wanted to be a shoe designer for Vans. In a way, I still kind of do. Um, then that flipped over to like painting, 
large scale paintings. I've done a mural, my own personal mural, not a group mural like um, people I know who have done. I've painted on skateboards. So, and so from the age of ten to now thirty six, it has changed, especially subject matter, um, how I approach the medium. Um, what I want to talk about and once again it goes back to the question what inspires me um, like currently right now uh, Watch Dogs 2 is um, the subject matter Watch Dogs 2 in the art style um, the graffiti um, DIY style still inspires me and I always sit and think about what to approach to it um, hence why the title of this podcast is Audio Collective because I love outer space I love our universe and I want to see like even if the question is always posed, if an alien came down and actually come with, actually to come with um, with them to explore the universe, would you do it? Part of me would be like, no, because no human is ready to for that experience, and I'm not ready for that experience. Um, I would definitely say my art has grown. I feel like some years I was immature, and I did was did not have any self confidence in myself until. My family or fellow artists was like, no, you have a gift, you have a skill. Just practice. Do what I need to do. Cause I will work on something. Cause this is um this is a good one for uh, question three. How how do you best combat artist block? You write it out. You definitely write it out. Um, artist block definitely comes and I have hit an artist block for the last eight months um, it can come in different forms like for myself it's it was more on how to approach a painting as opposed to what the paint like how to make sure it blends how to, not to make sure it overlaps properly make sure the what I'm painting doesn't bleed into what's could be still that's still drying all those variables, um, the scientific method, if you will, just and also coupled to what I'm going with, going through with mentally, is like it's just like one big collision course, and it's just like I don't want to fucking deal with this painting at um, at the time. Um, I know there are some artists that just they don't know what the, what the hell to paint. So the best way to combat um, artist block, sketch, just sketch. It, it it does not have to make sense. Like I've been doing that. Late. I've been drawing a lot of eyes lately, and that in turn, I have an idea what I want to paint for just that one painting. Um, but yeah, um, my best suggestion: just sketch. You you never know what, and many adventures. Go outside your comfort zone in terms of media um, or your access to the world. Go to a gallery you've never been to. See a movie you're probably never acceptable to watch, like an art house film. Um, read a book you never um, read a book that you always wanted to read but you felt was taboo. Read that. You never know that may inspire you to create. Um, Listen to different types of music. Um, like me, I, I never listen to lo-fi. 
but now listening to lo-fi music it's not a calming effect because I felt which is odd for some people listening to heavy music helps me create lo-fi music helps me with my artist block and helps me like okay go in a clear mind to what on what to create so try something different essentially try something different and just sketch whatever do random little sketches it can be a, your hand an eye a little toy um, five minute increments just sketch whatever just, you never you're not only helping yourself keep up with the skill set but you're also helping yourself to get in that rhythm of creating and then the last question my favorite medium to work with Oh, I never used oil before. I've screen printed. I'm currently using spray paints. I use acrylic paints. Um, and I pipe cleaners and I do sculpting as well. Mild photography. My favorite medium technically to work with is acrylic and spray paint. Um, that is definitely my favorites because I feel it's more manageable. It's I know some people feel it's tough to work with, but I, I feel it's more manageable to work with than oil, water. Um, because I just by this point I know it so well. Like I'm like I can just start on a piece right now, and it's feel like second nature to me right now. Sculpting. Is something that I didn't realize I had a good skill for until when I started working with clay because I've been working with wiring for since the age of 10 so going into sculpting just feels more better but since I'm not since I have no extra funds for um, for clay or fast drying clay so I don't have to worry about um, using a kiln currently right now is painting I like, I like the medium of um, working with acrylics um, something that I do want to work on going forward is pouring medium. It's just essentially using what what paints I already have, and then there's a um, a medium where it helps liquefy it more. It's just the drying process. I think is about two weeks because normally with acrylic, it's instantaneous. It dries on the fly. You can thin it out so it takes longer to um, dry. And there's different mediums that help do that. Well, different chemicals, in a way, I should say. Seeing mediums would be confusing for some people, but there is different chemical chemicals that would thin out acrylic paint to help the drying process um, take longer than it, because acrylic paint can dry real quick, and I, I never had those problems. But, yeah. Wow, we, over an hour. Once again... Thank you, Lauren and Benita, for those questions. Um, I, sorry if it feels like it was um, abrupt in terms of that ending. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, you know it, it went out with a bang. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm never going to stop using these uh, sound effects. <laughs> but, let me get out of here before I overstate my welcome. Thank you for listening to this second solo cast of 
me, Desmond, Desi is Dead Robinson, here on the Space Island Collective Podcast. Remember, we have not only this, but a bevy of other episodes of the Space Island Collective and Giant Country World about Nerds Against the World and Artist Talks. Um, in the coming weeks, we are doing episode six of Marvel's What If, whatever the fuck is going on. Um, we are doing, apparently, listeners love our Dragon Age talk. We may do a Dragon Age talk um, sooner or later. More movie video game pitches, and finally, a DD episode with Krishna Damon Lama Rider Ventura, and also a month long Halloween extravaganza here in the Space Idol Collective. Whenever that will be, will be. But until then, thank you for listening. Now, beam me up, Scotty.